0: for more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. So glad that you're here. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are going to talk about... A pretty important topic, I believe, and I think very timely. And this is the spousal unit. These are people, the spousal unit, now whether that is someone that you have been committed to for many years, someone you're married to, this is a really important show as to understand the roles and responsibilities of adult partners. And the reason that I want to take time to do this today is I want us to really get a frame of reference and a great foundation for what appropriate expectations are when we are in adult relationships. And one of the reasons this is kind of important is we have a lot of adults that are in relationship but they might not be acting like adults. They may not be expecting themselves or their partners to be adults. And sometimes we don't we, we don't put those expectations on people out of what we feel like is grace and mercy and understanding and compassion you know when we're with someone and we know them well we kind of know their vulnerabilities and their weak spots and their wounds and some of their injuries and so sometimes we want to walk around on tippy toes and and not inflict any more hurt or upset and that where well, i think that's a great intention sometimes that causes us to expect less from people than what they're really capable of doing And on on top of that, what happens when we are not doing the roles and responsibilities of adults in an adult relationship? We end up increasing injury, we end up increasing damage, we get more hurt, more chaos, and, and more confusion, and a lot of misunderstanding. And so what we come to understand is that a lot of times we have these expectations But we don't really realize that we have them or we want to deny them. We want to stuff them. We want to not expect them because we think if we don't expect them, maybe we won't get hurt or disappointed. But then we end up feeling resentful and struggle with unforgiveness, um, being let down, disappointed and then ending up many times disrespecting or not having the respect and admiration for that other person that we always wanted to have. So, With all of that said, we're going to really talk today at length about these roles and responsibilities of adult partners. And the reason that we have roles and responsibilities is anytime we have an institution, just like you do on your job, you have a system, you have an organization, an institution, the church is an institution, the government is, what happens is that whether or not we want to buy into it, there are roles and responsibilities that come with adult roles, adult um, whatever their job preference is, whatever the, the, um, the, the role that they are operating within comes with a certain level of responsibility, even if we don't want to accept that. So many times we have people taking jobs. We have many times people getting into relationships and they want the relationship part, but they don't really want the responsibility part or what that role means. So it's imperative that we understand how this is, how this impacts one another and how we are going to go about establishing some organization so that we can cut down on the amount of things we have to talk about, argue about, discuss, process. So anytime I have couples in my office, I talk to them at length about basic human rights, which we did last week and the appropriate expectation therein. And then I talk about The whole idea of the spousal unit and the roles and responsibilities of each partner and what we are going to be holding each partner accountable for and what happens is that when I rise to the occasion and I do my side of the street well a great majority half of the relationship runs well and so it's very important that I understand if I just do my side really well and my partner does their side really well if either of uh, of us are somewhat lacking the relationship is still maybe 75% working. So even if I'm doing 35% and they're doing 35%, we still have 70% of the relationship that's working. So we're at least above the 50% line, which makes for quite a much more enjoyable relationship. So as we get into these, I've got about 10 of them. So I want to remind you that if you can't listen to this show um, in its entirety, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you can't find me that way, you can go to the radio station website and you can find me there. And on my website um, are all of these podcasts for every show that, that I've done. So let's start with this first one. The first responsibility and role of an adult partner is that adult partners respect and support each other. Now, that may sound like, duh, duh, Cynthia. But what does that really mean? What does it mean? That an adult partner respects and supports the other partner. Well, let's look at it in the inverse. Let's look at it negatively. Let's say that uh, my partner is acting like an idiot. Let's say my partner is doing something that I really don't agree with. Now, I want you to understand that we're taking out the illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous things. We don't ever support those, and we certainly don't have to act, we don't have to respect those either. So I'm just talking about in general, you know, human differences that maybe my husband is, maybe having a moment. He's kind of acting like, I don't know, a child, an idiot, whatever, very rarely, thankfully. But let's say that he's having a moment. He's extra tired. He just doesn't kind of want to participate. Maybe he's got an attitude. Maybe he's forgotten, whatever that may be. I still need to treat him with the respect that a human deserves. So I don't ever give myself license to treat him disrespectfully. See, my respect for him is not about him being perfect. It's not about him doing it right every time, and it's not even about him acting in a way that, you know, naturally causes me to have respect. See, being a healthy adult means that I can control myself, and even if someone is acting ridiculous or stupid or immaturely, I still want to have respect for them being a human. That means I manage my tone of voice, means I manage the language I use, It means I manage all of my um, nonverbal communication, rolling my eyes, huffing, puffing, you know, stomping around. It means I really stay in the adult version of me. Because what we want to think about is, what if my spouse that is a grown adult is acting like a child? Well, does that give me license to begin to act like a child? You know, if we have, any of you that have children understand that if you, go down to their level and start acting like a child because they're acting like a child because they're getting on your nerves and driving you crazy and you lose control of yourself, you understand how dangerous that can become, how problematic that can become. So when I'm being a healthy adult partner, it means that I respect my partner, even if their behavior doesn't warrant that. It doesn't mean that I agree with it. So let's take the second part. It means I support my partner. So let's say that um, he's acting like an idiot in public. Well, do I join with everybody else in the restaurant rolling my eyes thinking he's an idiot? Now now I'm using that as an example. Thankfully, he doesn't do that. But many times, we have to support our partner in front of people, even if we don't agree with what they're doing because they are a part of us. They're our partner. It doesn't mean that when we leave the event, we don't have a really big discussion about it. But I'm not going to add to the problem By abandoning my partner in that moment and joining with others, I'm going to absolutely stand by my partner. I'm not going to necessarily agree with it, but I'm not going to join in with disrespecting or or not supporting him. So let's look at something about support. What what if he's going about a project at, at our house and I don't like the way that he's doing it and I think there's a better way to do it? Okay, I can voice that. But he still, as a volitional grown adult, has the right to do the project the way that he sees fit. So I can support that. I can say, okay, if that's how you think that that would be the best way to do it, because there are many ways to get something done I have learned, and I'm not always right. So I can support him doing something that I may not see the value I may not agree with. So we can take it out even farther. What if he wants to, to make a, take a risk in a business situation? What if he wants to try something new? I can support him trying to find his way. This is what adult partners do. Adult partners are friends. Adult partners come alongside as each one is trying to figure out their life. The beauty of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus as my friend is that he comes alongside of me, stays with me through my whole entire life. Every moment of every day, he is with me. regardless. Of my bonehead endeavors or my actions that may not reflect who he would like me to be decisions I make that he may think are really dangerous stupid maybe immoral maybe whatever he sticks with me he doesn't agree with everything I do but he isn't controlling he isn't I didn't invite him into my life for him to do my life and so even if many times I have wanted him Would you just take over? Please, please do this because I'm not doing well. He still is going to respect me as a human. So this is the example that we want to do as an adult. I want to follow the lead of Christ. That Jesus comes into my life, comes alongside of me, is a companion for me while I do my life. He doesn't tell me what to do. He doesn't control me. He doesn't say, I'm out of here. This is the dumbest thing you've ever done, Cynthia. Call me when you're ready to come back to what my idea is. So it's important that we understand, wow, how do I do that with another human? And the, and the way that we do that, we remember what boundaries are. Boundaries means that I can respect and support you even if I don't agree with you. Unless we're talking about illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous behaviors. And so we would hope that whoever you are committed to is not endeavoring in those behaviors. If they are, you can still respect them as a human and say, I can't go forward with you on this. We need to get some help. Because this is this behavior, this decision, will tear us apart if it's in that range of illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous. So we're going to end this segment on understanding why we are creating this foundation to address the roles and responsibilities of adult partners. And the first one we talked about, The adult partners respect and support each other. And this is imperative to have peace and to truly be the friend that you are needing to be for the partner that you have chosen to love and to honor. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about the roles and responsibilities of adult partners. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm always so glad that you're joining me. And if you did not hear the first part of this show, what we are talking about is the spousal unit, and that's the roles and responsibilities of adult partners and what that really means. And uh, like I said in the last segment, if you are not able to listen to the show in its entirety, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and all the podcasts are there. And that's... um, Cynthia Hyde at C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. You can also Google conversations with Cynthia and you can find them that way as well. So the first one that we talked about was this, that adult partners respect and support each other. And we kind of made the disclaimer that we're not needing to support illegal, unethical, immoral, dangerous behavior, but we always treat humans with respect. And this is a really important concept because imagine what the world would be like if everyone just simply respected each other, didn't have to agree with each other, but simply treated each other with respect. And when you do this in your relationships, you will find that you bring that relationship up to a much higher level of decency, of reasonableness, and and of enjoyment. And so we always want to be in charge of our own selves. So even if the person on the other side of me is acting disrespectfully. I still can control myself and act respectfully and treat them with respect because I'm not necessarily respecting what they're doing. I'm respecting who they are. I'm respecting the fact that God values that person, loves that person, died for that person, wants to spend eternity with that person. Now, obviously, that may confound me at that moment. <laughs> I may not understand how God could love and want to spend eternity with that person because I may feel like I can't spend another minute with that person. But I still. In practice respect. And one of the best ways to think about this is if any of you have children, you know that if you go down to their level, they get under your skin, and you start acting like a child, you've lost the whole program. It is the same with adults. If they are acting in a way that is ridiculous, outrageous, childish, immature, arrogant, w- prideful, whatever that may be, whatever the ugly behavior or attitude might be, if I let that get under my skin and don't practice good boundaries and I lose control of myself, well now the other side of that partnership is now compromised as well. So both people are compromised. So we want to really practice and understand the foundational issue here is I always act respectfully regardless of how I feel about their behavior or their attitudes, their ideas and regardless of the feelings it evokes in me. So if I get my feelings hurt, if I get insulted, if I feel resentful, if I feel intimidated, if I feel bullied, whatever that may be, I still need to set boundaries, but I need to do it respectfully. The second one, let's look at this. Partners nurture each other. Now, what does this look like? What does it look like to nurture someone? One of the easiest ways to think about this is, If you see a need that they have, why don't you just give it to them? Why would you withhold something that someone you love needs? There's this tendency for us in relationship to see a vulnerability sometimes, or maybe they're feeling insecure and they need to be built up a little bit, and we just don't want to give it to them. We just go, oh, I see it. Yeah, they need to be told that they're great. They need to be told, she needs to be told she's pretty. He needs to be told that you know, he's going to be successful and that I I love him and and I need him. And I kind of just don't want to do it because maybe they're kind of turning me off right now. And so what you want to think about is you don't want to let you get in the way of being able to give somebody what they need. Because if someone walked up to you and hadn't had a drink of water for three days, would you kind of ask yourself whether or not they needed it? Would you say, I don't know if I feel like giving that to you right now? What we want to think about is if the person needs something why don't I just give it to them? If I have it, if I don't have it, then then I I pray that the Lord provides that for them. But even that is helping to give that person what they need. So I nurture who who I see, I nurture them in ways of giving them what they need. And I have to practice, obviously, not having all that codependent problem where I'm trying to give someone what I think they need if I don't even have the resource for them. I'm going to try to manufacture it. Well, we don't want to do that. But most of us have this tendency to just not want to. And so it's important that I say, you know what, if my husband needs a hug, even if I might not want to, maybe I'm busy doing something. Why wouldn't I just go over and offer him some affection? And we know how important affection can be for men. Because really, they don't get a whole lot of affection other than by their partners. They're not getting it from their friends. They're not, you know, we don't want them to get it in inappropriate ways. So if my husband wants to touch me or wants me to touch him, why would I not just do that? That's an act of love that's nurturing him. And so what I frequently am telling men, and I tell this to women as well, if you have a plant, you know the worst thing you can do is wait until it's wilted to water it. Because by the time it's wilted, you're going to deluge it, deluge it with water, and then you'll probably drown it. And so I really want you to think about, wow, how can I nurture this person a little bit all the time? And they have a tendency to need less when I do that because they are filled up. That causes them to be stronger as they interact with the world around them. That causes them to be a better partner for me. So adult partners nurture each other. How, how might be some other ways we nurture? Well, nurturing can be in the physical realm. can be intellectually I can be nurturing them, which means I can be listening. To them I can be responding to their ideas I can be encouraging them to to learn more I can be bringing them things that I think are helpful for them so I can do that intellectually by giving it by doing great conversation being willing to participate in a conversation act respectfully in that conversation how else might I nurture them I can nurture them in terms of spending time like when we think about the five love languages and that book What if I find out what their primary love language is and just give them a lot of that and not worry about the other ones? I just major in the major. So if quality time is an issue, why don't I nurture them by hanging out with them, asking them to go run errands with me, sitting with them and watching television, going for a day trip, going to lunch, whatever that might be, going for a walk. So if their quality time is acts of service, why wouldn't I look for things to make their life work better? and to make their their life easier. This is nurturing. Nurturing has to do with my tone of voice, has to do with the way I look at someone, has to do with how attentive I am to them. And so I'm wanting to nurture. So maybe I, one of the ways I nurture is nurture their dream. Maybe I nurture um, their, their their needs. Maybe, maybe I nurture them in terms of whatever it is that God is calling them to do. And so you want to think about one of the biggest things that, adult partners do is nurture one another so imagine a world that everyone respects each other and everyone is getting a lot of their needs met by a significant person imagine how much calmer our world would be how much kinder gentler our world would be so as we're ending this segment i want you to think about this adult partners respect and support each other and adult partners nurture each other This is the whole reason to be in a committed relationship is so that people get their needs met. So being in an adult relationship means I take seriously what my partner needs and if I see a need and know they have a need, I give them what they need and I work on nurturing who they are in a way that actually causes growth and healing for them. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment as we talk about the spousal unit, roles and responsibilities of adult partners, and you can find me at CynthiaHyatt.com. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And this is Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And we are doing the show today on the Spousal Unit, Roles and Responsibilities of Adult Partners. So this is an important topic to talk about because much of what's happened in our society is we've kind of um, taken away a lot of roles, responsibilities that may have, have been traditional in the past, and we've kind of thrown them out thinking that they're traditional and not not necessarily relevant or helpful. And so what we're finding is kind of a collapse of many of our relationships and the fact that our relationships really aren't working very well right now. And so we don't want to just do traditions because it's a tradition. But many times what we understand is that traditions are traditions because they work. And so there are some things that humans just need regardless of culture, regardless of what century you've you know, born, born into, what era you grew up in, regardless of your gender, your temperament, whatever that may be, humans have basic needs. And one of the basic needs they have is committed relationship that is safe and is nurturing, that people can be known and, and know another and feel a sense of belonging. This is, these are just basic human needs that we know. If people don't get those, we have what's called failure to thrive, and they begin to truly to compensate. And so relationships are an essential part of humans surviving. So when we're looking at this, we're wanting to take relationships to a higher level. We don't want to just survive this world by being connected to somebody and every now and again have it be positive. We want it to be positive overall for the most part so that when we have these negative times, we're better able to tolerate them. Which brings me to the third one which is a responsibility of an adult partner. And that is that partners practice tolerance. Now, what does that word tolerance really mean? And I'm, I'm going to talk about this at length because we as Christians, we have kind of made the word tolerance be a bad word. And some of that is because the world has misused it and has not practiced it maybe in a way that's actually healthy and life-giving. Instead, it becomes enabling. So we don't want to tolerate bad behavior as a way to enable somebody. But tolerance is a really important issue for humans. Humans need tolerance because humans are not perfect. And so humans need to be tolerated. So think about how much you tolerate during the day. You tolerate drivers. You tolerate people that that have bad behavior in the grocery store. You tolerate many times bad service. You tolerate irritable and annoying co-workers we tolerate difficult children we tolerate pets that are frustrating us we we extend a tremendous amount of tolerance or we would all be at war all the time so what we want to really think about with this concept of tolerance is how do i practice tolerance in a healthy manner that produces life so i want you to think about about god for a minute and and we as Christians, many times, like I've said, have villainized the word tolerance. And I want you to understand how tolerant our Lord is. That he is tolerating everything right now. Because the day that he stops tolerating what's going on, we will all be dead. We will, it'll be over. It'll be done. He'll say, I don't accept this any longer. I've had it. But he practices acceptance in a manner that is mind-boggling to me. You see, as I'm speaking right now, terrible things are happening all over the world. People are being abused, Women, someone's being raped, someone's being murdered, a child is being abused, someone's uh, being uh, dying in a car wreck, someone found out they had cancer, somebody's uh, you know, finding out they have a tremendous financial loss, somebody has been stolen from, robbed. There are all kinds of things like that happening right now as we are speaking. And the Lord is tolerating terrible things as he is working his plan for salvation for humankind. That doesn't mean that tolerance is agreeing. It doesn't mean that I like it. It doesn't mean I promote it. It doesn't mean I'm helping it. It means that I need to tolerate certain things in order to stay in relationship with humans because humans are not perfect. So we're taking always our cues from the Lord as to how we do relationship. And Jesus is extremely tolerant while he's working the good work that he has started in all of us. And so this may mean that I need to tolerate some really bad behavior from someone I love if they are getting help, if we are working on the problem. Because when, when people, let's, let's look at addictions. Addictions take a long time to heal. They, they need a lot of tolerance. But we don't want to practice tolerance as enabling. That, oh, well, that's the best they can do, and so I'm just going to work around it. Tolerance means that I am with you. I'm accepting you as you are, just as you are today. I'm loving you how you are today. I'm tolerating some things that are bothering me as I'm loving you. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking about the Spousal Unit, Roles and Responsibilities of Adult Partners. Join me in the next segment as we finish this. welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. And this is our last segment of this hour. So if you missed any of this show, you can always uh, Google Conversations with Cynthia. Find it that way. You can go to the website at KPXQ, Faith Talk 1360. You can find it there. You can also go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. It's spelled the way that it sounds. So we are talking about the spousal unit today and the the roles and responsibilities of adult partners, how important it is that I understand my roles and responsibilities as an adult partner. And what that does for me is takes out a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of uh, difficult um, hurts and behaviors and uh, unnecessary processing of information. It removes a whole lot of chaos and confusion, and it truly helps me to enjoy my partner so much more. So we talked in, in the first part of the, the show about at length about adult partners respect and support each other and what that means. We talked about a, a, adult partners nurture each other and what that means. And in the last segment, we talked about partners practice tolerance and what that really means. So I would really encourage you to listen to the show about tolerance, um, that, that segment of the show. So this next part is adult partners have fun together and how important this really is for adults. Because adults, you know, we have lots of responsibilities in our lives, and we have a tendency to not do healthy fun if we're not careful, where we can get into some unhealthy behaviors as a way to have some fun, and and that doesn't encourage any of us to respect ourselves or one another. So we really want to make sure that we work into the relationship fun things that we do together. Now, trust me, that doesn't have to be going somewhere. You can just sit and watch a funny movie and laugh together. That is a tremendous bonding agent the, the research that that we have done on humans and 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 the bonding process we know that crying together and, bo- and and laughing are the greatest bonding agents and in fact what they have found laughter is the biggest way to bond with any human crying is a great bonding agent but if all you did was cry with somebody the next time you see him it's kind of uncomfortable you still have a great bond but it's a little bit harder but if you laughed with that person, even if you just met them once, you immediately see them go, oh my gosh, hey, how's it going? Because you remember that positive experience you had. So the more that you have fun with your partner, the better you are going to be able to weather the storms of life and the difficulties that you have with one another. And so adult partners have fun together, whatever that may be. You need to find those things that are just fun to do. And if either one of you is, uh, struggles with workaholism, you really need to find some fun things to do. And my husband is great at helping me because I can work as a way to have fun. And sometimes I forget to actually have just fun. So we want to find those things that cause us to have fun together. Adult partners are lovers. Very, very important that you understand that a great majority of the reason that we have people coupled together is because they need to have a lover. There's a great amount of healing and bonding that goes into an adult sex life that is done well, that is one that is in a committed relationship, that is monogamous. And, and we know that all the research shows this, that adults do better with monogamous relationships, and they crave them regardless of what the culture is telling them, regardless of what society is telling them, regardless of the era that they grew up in. You know, it doesn't make any difference whether you are practicing faith or not. People that do not practice faith still are very committed and upset when a partner has cheated. And I I frequently tell people in my office, you have to understand how serious this is to humans. This is how people get killed. It is that serious. And we want to take it really seriously. That adult partners are lovers. And the best loving part of adult partners The ones that have the best sex life, that have the most love going on, are the ones that feel safe, that know that that commitment is secure. So this next one, adult partners share significant interests. Really important that you have some interests together. Now, that may be attending church. That may be one of the interests. It may be that you enjoy watching the same types of movies. Maybe you like pets together. Maybe you like to garden. Maybe you like to travel. Maybe you like music. Maybe you like to read the same books. Maybe you like to work out together. Whatever that might be. But you do it with someone. And that needs to be your partner. So if you are in a committed adult relationship and you find yourself doing a majority of your interest with other people outside the relationship, you may need to look at that. Because eventually that's going to pull the relationship apart. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have interests outside the relationship. That's imperative. And we bring those experiences into the relationship and share them with our partner. But we still need to have interests that we do together that are part of the bonding process of that relationship that helps to hold it together. Because you have to remember the world, every time you go out into the world, is trying to pull you apart. And it takes effort and commitment to keep that unit safe and secure. So adult partners are confidence, confidants, I should say it that way. That is extremely important to realize that with my spouse, my committed partner, that I keep confidences. Really, really important. Think about your relationship with Jesus, with God, how good he is about keeping our secrets, how good he is about keeping our confidences. I tell him everything. Not only do I tell him everything, but even if I don't tell him everything, he knows it anyways because he lives inside of me. And so he even gives me anonymity, but yet he, he gives me a ton of privacy and yet knows all of my secrets. And he's also very good at covering. Now, that doesn't mean he enables me. It doesn't mean that he is allowing secrecy so that I can continue to do bad behavior and nobody finds it out. What he's doing is he's being with me in my most private place, places of my life. And he's not exposing me to the public or to unsafe people. He's not shaming me. He's not ridiculing me. He's not using a public situation to have enough power to talk about a private issue. And I have to tell you, those are some of the most destructive behaviors that couples endeavor in. When they are out in public and they begin to ridicule each other in front of people about more private weaknesses as a way to empower themselves. Or they talk about things that they don't feel comfortable saying in private, and so they use a public platform to do that. And I have to tell you, if it's that important to talk about, then you need to find a place or a person to help you talk about that. Because when you do it publicly, and you dishonor your spouse, you dishonor yourself as well, and there is more wreckage and damage than having never talked about the issue. So we really want to be good confidants. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we enable, we don't keep secrets that are destructive to that person. But we find someone that is a safe person, whether that be a pastor, a therapist, um, a a agreed-upon friend, whoever that might be that can come alongside that helps with whatever that is. Because we want to remember that there is a very big difference between secrecy and privacy. And humans need privacy. One of, the, one of the ways that we torture prisoners is we take away their privacy. So psychologically, privacy is very important. And when you divulge something private in public, it's very damaging. So we want to make sure that we are a really safe confidant. Adult partners are also financial partners. So this means that if we are a partnership, we actually are a partnership. And financially, we need to be a partnership. Now, it has it can be organized in however it works for you as partners. But you have to understand that you both affect one another financially, even if you are not mixing your finances. Because we know that money is a very big deal to humans and a very private issue to humans. When we start sharing that with our partner, who, who is our confidant, we increase the bonding in the relationship, we also make possible for better financial decisions because we know that two are better than one. And so the more that we combine or at least create understanding awareness, knowledge, and, and, open information, we don't have to necessarily do it always together or in tandem, but we do need to know what the other is doing. Very, very important part of feeling respected, feeling connected, Feeling important, feeling secure is that we are financial partners and however that might look for you both. How about this one? Adults are each other's primary social partner. And this is really, really important. I, I, t- I can't tell you how many times I, I work with married people and I have to say to them, listen, you can't be single and married at the same time. <laughs> it just does not work. So you, you really, need to, really need to understand that You can't be doing, you know, friends with benefits or something and and expect to have a good marriage. That a marriage is intended to have a partner on an ongoing basis. When you think about Jesus and, and the church is the bride of Christ, what did Jesus do? He died so that he could be with us forever and always. Jesus is with us always. He wants us to be his primary social partner. He wants to go everywhere with us. So when you consider that, I'm not wanting you to be this enmeshed like Borg couple or something. But I'm wanting you to realize that that part of being an adult partner is that that person that I'm partnering with, that is my number one social outlet. That's my primary social partner. So that if I find myself doing a whole lot of things as a single even though I'm married, even though I'm committed, maybe I'm in a very long-time committed relationship and I'm doing a whole bunch of single activities, it may be something to say, hey, you know, I may need to look at this. What's going on with the health of my partnership? What's going on with the health of my marriage? Because if I'm doing a whole bunch of things away from my partner and I'm compartmentalizing my partner, well, then I am I am undermining the idea of marriage because marriage is a partnership. And so think about Jesus as your partner he wants to be with you all the time everywhere that doesn't mean that he doesn't give me plenty of space to be myself so let's look at this last one adult partners resolve conflicts and work out problems this is what adults do this is imperative for you to strengthen your relationship this is how humans grow Humans, we, we know that verse that in Proverbs that talks about iron sharpens iron. And so when, when, when I did some research about this verse, what that really was talking about, the analogy that the, the writer was using, is that in, in times when, when swords were being made and that was the primary weapon, they would rub the swords against each other. And the more sparks that would fly, the more they needed to rub them to smooth them out. And so the ironing sharpening iron is causing me to be smoothed out. It's helping me, like I tell clients all the time, stop being a walking piece of Velcro. You're snagging on everything. We need to smooth this down. Adults don't snag on everything. So adults are sharpened and, and they are smooth as iron. And so it's important that as I'm working out conflicts, that's part of the sharpening process. That's part of the smoothing process. And so I need to learn how to resolve and resolve conflicts appropriately. And so I need to learn how to work out those problems, not stuff problems. I also need to recognize that I don't want to be a child and think I have to talk about everything. There's a lot of things I can simply ignore and tolerate and let it go. So I really want to work on majoring in the majors, not in the minors. And so I want to make sure that the minors I'm managing as an adult so that minor doesn't become a major. But I also want to make sure I'm not minimizing something that absolutely needs to be talked about because it's too uncomfortable or scary. So if I find myself not being able to talk about certain things, I might need to get some some help outside the relationship. So this last one, adult partners resolve conflicts and work out problems. So we're going to end with the first one. Adult partners respect and support each other. If you look at those two words, respect and support, respect and support, you will find that everything else fits underneath that and how much better that relationship will be. Well, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Please check out my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc., that's I-N-C for Incorporated. And I appreciate you listening today and enjoy your week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.